most gracious and eternal Father, we thank you for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your love. We acknowledge this morning that it's only because of your mercy that we are not considered. Your compassion is still enough. And we every morning great is your faithfulness toward us. We thank you for this privilege to worship you in spirit and in truth and now come to the moment when we hear from you through your word. We ask you now to hide me behind your cross. We would see Jesus through the gospel being preached. Open our eyes to the whole of your truth, our ears. We may hear your truth, our minds we may understand, comprehend the truth of your word. Most importantly, open our hearts we may receive with meekness your word, which is able to save our souls. Evangelize every sinner, edify, energize the church, and call the voice that is too poor. But we assert to the listening. This is the mighty, magnificent, majestic, national name that's above every name. In the name of Jesus, we pray. All believers say together, Amen. Amen. On Wednesday evening, we began. Looking at Hebrews chapter 7, verses 18 through verse 28. I want to pick up where I left off on Wednesday evening. If you did not attend service on Wednesday, I want you to go back and watch so that you can get the full picture of what the Bible is telling us in this powerful passage. Hebrews chapter 7, verses 18 through 28. If you find your copy of God's Word, I'd like to stand with me as I read the text aloud. For on the one hand, a former commandment is set aside because of its weakness and uselessness. For the law made nothing perfect. But on the other hand, a better hope is introduced through which we draw near to God. And it is not, it was not without an oath. Those who formerly became priests were made such without an oath. This one was made a priest with an oath. By the one who said to him, The Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You are a priest forever. This makes Jesus the guarantor of a better covenant. The former priests were many in number because they were prevented by death from continuing in office. But he holds his priest, that he holds his priesthood permanently because he continues forever. Consequently, He's able to say to the uttermost, those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for him. For it is indeed fitting that we should have such an high priest, holy, innocent, unstained, separated from 
sinners and exalted above the heavens. He has no need, like other high priests, to offer sacrifices daily, for first for his own sin, and then for those of the people. Since he did this once and for all, when he offered up himself, the law points men to their weaknesses, in their weaknesses as high priests. But the word of the oath, which came, came later than the law, appoints a son who has been made perfect forever. Let me see the presence of the Lord. This morning, I want to zero in on verses 26 and 27. Or is it indeed fitting that we should have such an high priest, holy, innocent, unstained, separated from sinners, exalted above the heavens? He has no need, like those high priests, to offer high, to out for daily sacrifices daily, first for his own sins, and then for those of the people. Since he did this once for all, when he offered up himself. For a few moments, I want to talk from Paul somewhere to bury your hope. Somewhere to bury your hope. Somewhere to bury your hope. Part two. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, one of the most hurtful things that any human being can experience is to put their hope in another individual and then be let down. It is a devastating experience. One that can change the individual's trajectory in their lives. Cause them to become fearful of any human relationship. Not be able to put their trust in any individual. Afraid of being vulnerable. As a result of this fear, a lot of our relationships prove to be fruitless or at least not reach their full potential. When this happens, we take on this mindset that says, I must protect myself. I will never allow anyone to hurt me again. This is a dark place to be. This is a lonely place to be. It's an isolating experience because if you are afraid of human relationships due to a faulty experience from the past, then brothers and sisters, you will not be able to relate to any human being. Because all human beings are faulty. All human beings are finite. All human beings are uh, pro have the proclivity to disappoint and not live up to our truest expectations. It hurts when we put our hope in someone, then that person lets us down. 
Now, before you go down memory lane and begin to think about all the people who've done you wrong, all the folks who let you down, all those who you put your aspirations in and then only ended up being disappointed, before you start pointing the finger, look in the mirror. The reality is, you have hurt somebody. You and I have let someone down. We have not always measured up to the expectations that others place upon us. And the truth be told, we have not always measured up to the expectations that we place upon ourselves. Sometimes the hardest thing to do is to forgive yourself. Because you did not live up to the standard that you had for yourself. We all have been hurt. We all have been the victim. But we also all have hurt. We've all been the one who was victimized. And as a result of this, my brothers and sisters, the question becomes, well, where can we go? Who can we place our confidence in and have the assurance that they will not let us down? Who can we confide in and know that what we share stays between those individuals in that confidential moment. Who can we be vulnerable with and share our deepest emotions and our fears and our uncertainties about the future? Where can we go? I'm going to tell you, my brothers and sisters, there's only one place that provides that type of security. It's not in your food is not in your boyfriend, girlfriend, it's not in your husband, your wife, it's not in your children, it's not in your mama, it's not in your daddy. The only place that you can find that type of security is in God. He is the only place that you can place that type of hope. He's the only place that you can trust yourself in that type of vulnerability. And I'm not saying that you should be vulnerable with one another. We have to be vulnerable with one another. But I want you to know that in that vulnerability, know that human beings will let you down. They will disappoint you. Hurt Jesus. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever for Jesus. He cannot lie. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is the one who will be your burden bearer, your heavy load sharer. Jesus is the one that can handle your emotions and handle your frustrations and handle your big 
living, and therefore there's nothing that you can hide from him, and therefore you should not hide from him. And we should just go to him and confess whatever it is that we have, knowing that we can bury our hope in Jesus Christ. We can put our hope in him. We can trust in him. Because, my brothers and sisters, we can trust his character. We can trust his character. We should bury our hope in Christ because his character meets our needs. We should bury our hopes in Christ because his character meets our needs. I'll say that one more time. We should bury our hopes in Christ because his character meets our needs. This is what this text shows about this great high priest. We have in Christ Jesus. We have this, this great high priest who gives us relationship with God and we can draw near to God. But listen, like we say that we can place our hope in him because he has the capacity to meet our needs. But here in verses 26 and 27, he says we can place our hope in him because he has the character to meet our needs. First, look at the purity of his character. Says Christ, it is fitting that we should have such an outreach. It, 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 I want to make sure that you understand this. This is not saying we deserve such an outreach. What it's saying is, it is fitting, it is necessary that we have this type of it is, it is necessary that Jesus be our high priest because he is the only one that meets the qualifications for the job. Says his character. Says he is uh, holy. He's holy. I want you to understand the Bible tells us to be holy as I am holy. The Bible tells us be holy as I am holy. It's talking about us having a pursuit toward holiness. And it's also saying, my brothers and sisters, that we ought to be separated and devoted to God. For us to be holy, my brothers and sisters, is not for us to be perfect. God would never give us an inheritance that is impossible. God will never ask something from you that he has not given you the ability to carry out. And God knows our frame. The Bible says in Psalm 103, he knows that we are but dust. And since God knows that we are human beings and we have a, a fertility toward and, and we are prone to wonder, prone to do what is wrong, prone to be pulled in the wrong direction. God is not asking for you and I to be perfect in the fact of that our morality is perfect. That we do no wrong. That we see no wrong. That we think no wrong. That we speak no wrong. God knows that you and I cannot measure up to that expectation. So when God tells us to be holy, God is really saying we ought to be separated from the world. Said that we ought to be separated from the world and devoted to God. Now, you and I can't be perfect, but we can be separated. 
and you have other uh, place in the cold. And when you eat on a weekly basis, you go to the kitchen and get those plates that have been set aside for daily eating. And sometimes you say, we have got paper plates and plastic forks and paper cups. And you're definitely, where you going in that plate to get a real plate on Monday? You don't want that plate up to get you a paper unless you go watch these dishes. But on a special occasion, on special observances, when people are coming over and you're trying to highlight this as a uh, event to be memorialized or to be remembered, that you don't go to the cabin and you sure don't get the paper plate. You go to the tiger cabin and you pull down the fine talent because the fine talent has been set aside for a particular purpose. The Bible said to us that when God calls us to be holy, He's simply saying, You ought to be set aside. You ought to be set aside in such a way that you ain't coming down for everything. Preach that. You ought to be set aside in such a way that you're not entertaining every conversation. You ought to be set aside in such a way that you're not coming on every post on social media. You ought to be set aside in such a way that you don't feel the need to respond to every Yes. 
to a place where you don't belong. And you got to be careful about people putting you up high. Because the higher they put you up, the farther they're going to watch you fall. And then you can't put your foot in a preacher. You can't put your hope in anybody. Don't walk around here thinking that because someone has a title attached to their name, that they are perfect and sinless. They put your hope in people. Here I am, right? Don't exalt the preacher. Don't exalt the view. Just preach the gospel. Simple, full, and free. Then men were glad to follow him who were so high strong. All men love to be. Don't lift up people, lift up Jesus. Because he's the only one who put our hope in. But not only that, his character is pure. But then there's the empathy of his character. And I'm the bottom line is when we get home, the empathy is this. The Bible says in verse 27, he has no need. I want you to just understand that. He has no need. He is completely self-sufficient. He has no need. Uh, my dad said this way, he's God all by himself. And he don't need nobody double that. Make sure you get it. I, 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 my dad didn't use bad grammar, he just used emphatic language. He don't need nobody else. Oh, he has no need. He does not need me. He does not need you. Y'all will get it. There's a room in house with a place of this. Uh, professionals went on strike. And when the professionals went on strike, they said, okay, we're going to get some people to replace the professionals. And we're going to keep the lead going. And all I'm saying is, none of us are professionals where God needs us all. Thank <laughs> you. 
The lamb had to be pulled out of the herd and separated. And when you got ready to go to church on Sunday, you had to make sure you went by the pastor and picked up your lamb and brought your lamb to church. Nowadays, you don't bring anything. Don't even bring our Bibles in. We, 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 don't, we, don't, we don't pray nothing with we, we just come in with our Louis Vuitton person and our coat bag. I'm sorry. We just come in with all our good stuff and we, and we come on in church and we look good. We wear our Stacey Adams, we wear our Justin Murphy, we put on our good suits and we come on in church and say, I'm just But the reason why you can't lift the hand, and the reason why even in a pandemic we can still worship God, because you can't come to the place, but we don't have to be in the place to worship God anymore. It is because the Bible says in verse 27 that he has once and for all offered a sacrifice for us. That ain't what it said. It said, He once and for all has offered a sacrifice. Um, up He Himself. It says, My brother and sister, He offered up Himself. He offered up himself. He says, we're not running any more lanes. Because he offered up himself. It, it says that we don't have to tap in and go by the pastor before we come to church. Because he offered up himself. Yeah, because John said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And we, we don't have to worry about innocent burning on the altar. Because he offered up himself. We don't need a brother's altar outside the church. Because he offered up himself. I don't know about you this morning, Tad, but I'm going to put my hope in God. Because he offered up himself. The Bible says that no brain of love, that a man may down his life. For his friends. But then Paul said that while we were still sinners, God showed his love for us. That he died upon the cross for our sin. He offered up himself. And the Bible says that he did it once. That means my brothers and my sisters that are all 